MSW Media. You clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Welcome to the show. I'm Dan Dunn. This is what we're drinking. Boy, we got a jam-packed show today. Coming up in just a few minutes, we've got the founders of La Portier Cognac. It's a brand new cognac brand founded by NFL Hall of Famer legend Shannon Sharp is going to be on the show, along with Spirits veteran and Shannon's partner in the business, Jay Bradley, going to be joining us. We also got some exciting news coming out of New York City from one of our frequent contributors, Joe DeRosa, comedian Joe DeRosa, is going to be here with some big news happening this week in New York City. But first up, I got I to gotta tell you, anybody that listens to this show knows I love me some coffee. I, I love it. I drink it every day. Now, am I a coffee con- a, a nut, like a connoisseur, goes out and finds you know the beans that were all... No, I don't do that, right? I, normally what I do is I go to my grocery store and I'll get Pete's, or I'll get Stumptown, or sometimes Dunkin' Donuts. I'm a simple man in that way, and I'll go get it. But here's what I do require. I, I, I want my beans whole. I want whole beans. I got my trusty Krups uh, bean crusher. I don't know if you call it that, but that's what I call it. I've had that thing forever. They're not a sponsor. I'm just letting you know. I love it. thing has lasted me 10 years. And then I got my Mr. Coffee coffee pot, which is where I make my coffee. Again, the only real requirement I have, other than the you know the beans not being bitter, is that they're whole beans. And that brings me to, recently, I last two trips to the grocery store, I have noticed there's no whole bean coffee. None. It's all ground. Ground coffee. Pre-ground. I don't like it that way. And one of the reasons I don't like it that way is my good buddy Larry Olmstead wrote a book a few years ago called Real Food, Fake Food. And in that book, he addressed coffee. And apparently they put, if you get it ground, you're giving them room to put some shit in there that doesn't belong, including, it's not a joke, sawdust, wood, ground up wood. This actually happens in the coffee. And when I read that, I was like, never again. My beans will come whole or they won't come at all. Okay, so I managed to find a, a, a bag somewhere. I had to go to another place and I got a bad coffee shop and they sold the whole beans. But in the groceries, they don't have them. So I was like, what the hell is going on? And so to get answers to that question, what the hell is going on? I, we have to turn to a brand new to the team, uh, but I've known him forever. He is now officially the senior coffee correspondent for what we're drinking with Dan Dunn, he's out of Havertown. Well, he's from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, my hometown. But he's now operating out of Havertown, PA. He's got a, his own coffee place 
called House Cup Nose Coffee. He, the artist formerly known as Captain Nightlife, Mark Dent. Mark, how are you? Well, Dan. Thanks for uh, thanks for the opportunity to uh, talk a little coffee today. I appreciate that. Well, thanks for coming on at such short notice. I, and I put out the word. I said, Mark, if anybody's going to know what the hell's going on, it's Mark Dent. So, Mark, you heard what I said about that. What, what's going on? I can't get. I can't get my. And first, I know you're going to give me crap. Let's let's get that out of the way. Let's have you first of all tell me what a shit I am for getting you know uh, Dunkin' Donuts and no, uh, let loose. Look, it's uh, whether it's Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks or you know uh, right in here in our backyard, uh, Wawa, right? Is it? They're huge coffee, you know, platforms, and quite frankly, without them. You don't get to, you know, to where you are today as what I'd say someone with a developed palate understands the quality of a good bean versus just a quick grab and go coffee. So, you know, in order to us to get to this point, you have to kind of go through the Dunkin Donuts. Uh, unfortunately, Starbucks, you know, they've they've definitely went down a rabbit hole that, you know, it's hard to enjoy their coffee. Um, so. So you're equa- you're Mark, you're equating this to when we were youths. Yes. Mark and I grew up together, so we would be on the, the train tracks in Frankfurt neighborhood section of Philadelphia, and we're drinking, we're drinking Boone's Farm, we're drinking Mad Dog, we're drinking Bush Beer. You're saying, in order to, to get to a point where I could appreciate the finer things in life like I do now, by the way, finer thing in life, let me just throw this up here right now. Do you see this, Mark? Bird of Courage. Mm. What did that say? Okay. Turkey, roasted turkey flavored whiskey. <laughs> okay. Thanksgiving, everybody, Thanksgiving. This is out of Philadelphia, PA. Bird of Courage, roasted turkey-flavored bourbon. Just throw that in. Okay, or whiskey. All right, so you're saying in order to get to a point where I can appreciate fine coffee, I have to drink the Folgers, the uh, Maxwell House, Sanka. Yes, but that's all right. Okay, so now we got that out of the way. So what's going on? Why can't I find whole bean coffee in my I really don't store? think it's uh, it's an issue on more on the East Coast than it is on the West Coast. Uh, our supplier up in North Jersey, we're, we're purchasing, you know, a, a ton of beans a week and have no problem getting them to our roast house on the shelf and distributing, you know, here in the Northeast. I think it's more a little bit more of a, a situation on the West Coast versus the East Coast, but supply chain yeah, you got you got guys like uh like a chip mccauley um you know out there running a big rig truck drivers <laughs> tr- blame it on the truckers that's a guy we grew up with who is a uh, an exemplary truck driver one of the nation's finest all right so maybe i just had some bad luck at my local ralph's but in the acme as my mom would call yes. it the acme back there the acme is the supermarket chain back in the philly area they got whole bean coffee but you're saying mark I shouldn't be drinking that anyway. I shouldn't be drinking the mass-produced coffees, and why? Why should I drink? First of all, everything coffee? we do is fair trade and organic. So, from a sustainability standpoint, we're helping the farmers that actually work the fields and pick the beans. All right, so let's start there. Wait, speaking of fair trade, can I interest you in a bottle of Bird of Courage turkey-flavored whiskey for say, you know, a couple yeah, of bags I think, of coffee? Uh, uh, yeah, if you send, <laughs> by the way, if you send the tur- the, the whiskey my way. I have a normal address, which doesn't have like a half in it. Like I was like trying to send uh, uh, coffee beans. He to, tried to send me some coffee and he sent, no, no, he sent it to the, he sent it to South Central LA, which is funny. I live in Venice. So somebody in South Central is thoroughly enjoying 
house cup coffee. Now, now tell me, tell me about it. Like you, you, you fair trade, you're roasting it yourself. It's kind of a new thing you got going back there, but it's taken off, right? People love coffee. People love coffee. It's the experience, right? When you grind yourself in the morning, you get the aroma that hits the nose. Uh, if you're able to pull together a nice blend, our our go-to blend is Costa Rica, Colombia, and Brazil, all rolled up into one bag. After we roast it, we blend it up, and it starts your morning off great. Uh, not just the aroma, but the taste, right? The taste is going to be far superior than anything that's pre-ground. It's sitting on a shelf, you know, for several several weeks or at least a month that you'll get in a department store. And the other reason you want to do, um, you know, whole bean Keep it local. Go to your local roaster. Support those guys, those girls. Um, you know, it's it's no different than getting, uh, you know, a good whiskey, a good bourbon, small batch. Uh, From a craft yeah, distiller, right? what you're it's, saying. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, Mark, what do you like to, if you want to dulled up your coffee a little bit, what do you like to, what do you like the to put The only thing I add to my coffee is a, is a small splash of, of cream. Uh, absolutely no sugar. No, I meant whiskey or drink, booze. No, no. You want to make it. Do, we do, you we wanna... do one better. So we take our beans and actually put them in a, an empty whiskey barrel, bourbon barrel, let them ferment for about three months. We take them out of the barrel, we roast them, and then we have a blend that's called uh, uh, Your Whiskey's Gone or Whiskey's Gone. We release that uh, every, every three months, and it, you can't keep it in stock. It, get, it puts a great smell of bourbon right in your whiskey, uh, and uh, it hits the palate and you kill two birds at one stone. You get a little caffeinated. And uh, although there's no whiskey in it, you, you do feel like you're picking up a little bourbon buzz. I got it. Well, Mark, uh, I don't know. How was everybody back home when you shared the news that you'd been uh, named senior coffee correspondent for what we're drinking with Dan? Uh, my Twitter feed is blowing up as we speak. Um, Instagram's off the charts. And, uh, where can they find where can they find you at the House Cup on on Instagram and Twitter? It's uh, House Cup Coffee Roasters. Um, very simple, straightforward here in Haverton. I don't know if that's simple. I don't know if I say that. That's a little long. That's long. House Cup Coffee Roasters. That's not simple. Mine is simple. At the imbiber. Very simple. House Cup Coffee Roasters. Out, that's a lot of words. At, at House Cup Coffee. How's that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just giving you crap, uh, Mark Dent. It's always good to see it. It's it's great to have you on board. I plan on doing a lot more coffee segments as we as we move forward here. But you you got the news straight. From, Mark is saying, don't worry, don't freak out. There isn't a shortage, at least on the on the east coast of whole bean coffee. Clearly, I need to direct my ire at the folks at Ralph's, the supermarket chain, and go. Just what do you think you're doing? But in other, but what I'm really going to do is I'm just going to start drinking the house cup so I can get this online. Get it online. Um, we ship everywhere in the U S uh, and again, I'm going to send you the, the bourbon whiskey uh, and we'll taste that. Maybe that can be the next segment. We'll, we'll share a, a cup of that when, when, if we can ever figure out your Harry Potter address, you're at a, you got a half. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, UPS is, you can't find you. So we'll figure that out. Well, I'm, it's good having you on because uh, I, then I don't have the worst, most offensive Philly accent now on the show today. That that one belongs to you. I'm only kidding. I love the Philly accent. The I Delco miss blend. It. So Delco is a subset of Philly from a from a from an accent standpoint. The Delco accent uh, is slightly harder than the Philly accent, and I'll call it somewhere in between. But we'll also I'll include a bag of that as well, uh, so we can 
And Delco, by the way, everybody knows out there, Delco is blowing up right now, that accent, because of Mayor of Easttown. That's right. That's, which is set in Del- – Delco stands for Delaware County. That's where that's set. Kate Winslet, I could not believe how well everybody in that cast nailed the, those accents incredibly. So Delco's hot. Go on to House Cup. Uh, go to the website. At House Cup Coffee Roasters. Go on that site. Pick up a bag of that Delco coffee. Hit me up on the social media. Let me know what you think about it. Hit hit them up on the social media. Mark Dent, it's a it's a pleasure having you on board. I don't know if you understand. We only pay on this show in uh, turkey flavored whiskey, so you'll be getting a you'll be getting a snifter of that soon in the mail. And uh, I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. All right, my same friend. to you, Dan. Thanks. Okay, so now that we got the coffee element of this show out of the way, as as promised, before we get to Shannon Sharp and Jay Bradley, got some big news, big news coming out of New York City, frequent guest on this show, friend of the show, he's on recently, our episode that we did live at the stand, you know him, you love him, Joe DeRosa. Joe, what's going on? Hi, buddy, how you doing? It's good to see you, man. See I you. feel like I just saw you a couple of days ago. I did. I did. You're killing it with, you got the podcast. You got all kinds. You got like, how many podcasts you got now? I have two. I have Taste Buds with Sal Volcano, which is primarily food, but but now has branched out into debating other things that that suit our taste. Um, like the, I think last week's episode was Han Solo versus Luke Skywalker. Uh, okay. So it's not just our taste in food. It's taste in anything. Uh, and then I have We'll See You in Hell, which is my buddy Pat Walsh and myself. And that's uh, movie reviews and movie discussions. And, and uh, we do uh, mostly mostly horror and sci-fi and fantasy. But we, we branch into other stuff, too. Um, and, uh, you know, both are great. The fan bases for great are unbelievable, uh, unbelievably supportive bunch. The Taste Buddies and the Hellions. Shout outs. That's amazing. I'm, I'm very, very blessed. I'm very blessed. Yeah. That is not the news you're here to tell us about today. No. The news today involves, I think, a thing that's just going to be really incredible for you. But let you break the news. What is happening this week, Black Friday in New York City? Go. So my sandwich shop slash bar, Joey Rose's, is opening. It's the grand opening on Black Friday. This has been a year or so in the making. We had the pop-up for Joey Rose's with the eight sandwiches we were doing at the stand in Union Square for many, many months, actually for for over a year, uh, up until uh, a few weeks back when we closed it down finally to anticipate this opening. And uh, here we are, that that pop-up and the success of that pop-up and the reception that we got to that pop-up was positive. And uh, very positive. And we now, Paul, Italia, my partner and myself, uh, have now launched into a brick and mortar place of our own. Um, and it's called Joey Roses. Where Where is it? It is at one, 174 Rivington Street on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And we've got the original eight sandwiches, Plus, some new stuff is coming along too, which we're excited about. Uh, Give me I'm a little really taste. Excited. Give me a little. What's it? What's the say? Like if you're, I'm coming in, and I go, "Hey, I want blow me away." What's the first sandwich you're going to give me? Well, the original sandwich was the Easty. That was kind of the one that started it all. Which is um, Asiago. It's olive oil, Asiago cheese, 
um, Genoa salami, prosciutto, and pepadus. Pepadus are, are little sweet, tangy red peppers. Um, that's kind of the, the sandwich that kind of launched it and, and where it all started. Uh, so that's the one I'd start you with. But now, where does have, that come from, though? Did you was this a was this a passion of yours for a long time? Did you where did you learn your sandwich making? Was it you just experimented? Your 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 mom taught you? What, yeah, what was going on? <laughs> I grew up in Philly or outside of Philly, excuse me. But very East Coast upbringing. Uh, I went to high school in Norristown, Pennsylvania. I grew up in Trap, Collegeville, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, uh, I hung out a lot in Philly. Um, I hung out a lot in South Jersey because I had a lot of family there. And this is sandwich territory, you know, hoagies and all that stuff. Cheesesteaks, you know, this is where it all happens. And um, I always had a love for sandwiches since I was a kid. These types of sandwiches, you know, they in New York, they call it a hero or a sub or whatever. But you know what? You know what's a you know what's a hero? You know what's a I, I was in New York. Me? Go, somebody got it. They're like Italian hero. I was in New York. You want an Italian hero? I'm like, no, no. You know what a fucking Italian hero is? Rocky Balboa is a fucking Italian hero. That's a hoagie uh, you're talking about there. How long have you been waiting to break that? Oh bit man, out? I use that joke every every sandwich. <laughs> every time we have a sandwich theme episode. Rocky Good Balboa. for you. Thanks. Hey, man. if it works, it works. Hey, you know what, Joe? I like to recycle okay no, you, you call okay. me you call me it's what you for, want I, i'm an enviro uh yeah i'm an enviro entertainer i recycle good for the material good for the environment that's right yeah but no so i always love sandwiches but when i this is all started because i was living in la for about six years and um funny enough i there were a lot of really good cheesesteak places in la guys that transplanted from jersey or, or philly to out there and booze and, Booze is great. I love booze. I was a big Philly booze fan. West is another one. It was pretty good. They got yeah, um, Philly's Best is a great one. You know. Yeah. All right. But not that I didn't like the cold sandwiches these guys served. The hoagies. Um, they there was just something that was not hitting the spot for me. So I a lot of the times I would get a cheesesteak for one of these spots. And then I'd still make at home my own cold sandwich. I'd like to do a mix and match. Okay. So I did that a lot. And I just kind of started, you know, I would go to the supermarket in LA and it wasn't exactly going to, you know, little Italy. And I would kind of piece together the, the ingredients that I thought would work that I could find that I had access to. And after a while I found myself making the same sandwich but then purposefully with, with the ingredients that initially I was using because I was like, well, let me give this a try and saying to myself, I, this is a good sandwich. Like I'd buy this sandwich. I like the sandwich a lot. And then I started giving them to other people and other people started to be like, it's a pretty goddamn good sandwich, dude. And that's kind of where it started. And I just had this menu of sandwiches on my phone. This brings up an interesting point, Joe. I think as a general rule to anybody out there that's thinking about doing something creative, here's the difference. As Joe mentioned, he starts making the sandwiches and then friends, people who eat, used to eating, they have a, yeah. uh, they've acquired a taste for eating. Mm-hmm. They try your sandwich and they say, you should, you should try doing this, right? You should, you should really try to do this to a profession. When that happens to you in your life, when people mm-hmm. are coming out going, you should do this, you, sh- you know what? I say, go for it. Here's, I agree. here's when you shouldn't. And Joe, you're familiar when... That guy comes up and says, you know what? I got a lot of funny stories. I should try stand-up comedy. If you're the only one saying it, 
Don't ever, don't do it. Whatever, for God fucking sake, if you're the only one going, yeah, I make good sandwiches. I should, I should yeah. invest all my money into a bar <laughs> and a sandwich. Don't do it. I think there's a general rule. I think at least 10 people that are sentient human beings have to have told you without yeah. your encouragement that you should do this. If 10 people tell you to do it, then go with God and do it. Yeah. It was funny. It, it, it happened slowly over the course of a few years. Cause it wasn't just like, so, so Becky Donahue, who's a producer and a friend of mine who I've known for 15 years, at least at this point, she was like, I want to do a sandwich show. I, I like, I want to do a sandwich show on Facebook with you. It was on Facebook live was kind of becoming a thing. I don't know if it still is or not, but I'm, I'm on MySpace still. Yeah, and exactly. So she would, she would come over and she would shoot me making a sandwich. It was like a cooking show, except I would say fuck a lot. And that was the first time I ever gave any of my own recipes to anybody. She was the first person. So I'd make the sandwich and then I'd have her try it. And, and without, luckily without fail after whenever she would try it, she'd be like, Joe, it's fucking good, man. Right. But then, even then, I wasn't thinking, oh, well, let me try to open a shop. I was just excited that somebody liked something I made. And then I would find myself in scenarios where I'd get a sandwich at a deli or a bodega in New York, and I would order off menu, and I'd be like, put this, 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 and this. And then like a friend of mine would be like, that looks good. And I'll be like, have a bite. And they'd bite it, and they'd be like, shit, man, that's a good fucking sandwich. I'm like, what is this? And I was like, okay, man, I think I know how to put this together. I think I... <laughs> And it comes from eating this shit my whole life, you know, like I, this is what I was into. So when I moved back to New York, again, I had this dumb menu on my computer, just thinking, I don't know, maybe one of these days I'll, <laughs> I'll be able to use my sandwich menu, but it was mainly on my computer because I didn't want to forget how to make the sandwiches. <laughs> you know, I was like, I got to remember, because I have, I have a terrible fear that I'm going to forget everything I know. Sure. At any given moment. So I write everything down all the time. That happened to me on stage at the stand uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. You were, oh, you yeah. were there for that. I that's was right. there. Yeah, that's I, right. there. I just sort of laughed, sat there and laughed. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a fear of mine. So I, I always write everything down and I keep it, you know, fairly well organized. So I did that with these sandwich recipes. And when I moved back to New York, I started to realize I was having as hard a time finding the sandwiches in New York as I was in L.A., and I was like, this doesn't make sense. And then the places where I was finding the sandwiches that I kind of liked and, you know, that, that like sort of did the traditional neighborhood thing, they were 15 bucks a piece or 20 bucks a piece. And why were they that much? Because they were the size of your leg. And I'm like, I don't want that. Like, Well, that was probably coming from California. Maybe you got a little bit because I people tend to eat a little bit lighter out here, I think, than they do on the East Coast. You know, like you, this portion seemed to be a little bit smaller out here. I, I I would agree with that, but I also think too that there's there were there's a trend in I, there was or is or was and is a trend in food where bigger and it was very much a New York thing where bigger was better. You know, I used to love going to Carnegie Deli, but you'd get a seventeen dollar sandwich and it was a pound of corned beef, and you were like, I can't finish this; it's too much. And most doctors recommend. No more than three quarters of a pound of roast beef per day. Yeah, corn beef. Yeah, corn. Yeah, corn beef. Yeah, so bad. It's got to be. 
It's just like, you feel, don't you feel yourself dying though while you're eating it? I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah, so it's delicious, so but you're good. like, this is it. This is the end. At any moment, it could end. Yeah, it is the, uh, yeah, it is like the KFC of lunch meats. So your yeah. sandwiches now are going to be like in the $7 range, right? Something around there? The original eight or eight bucks a piece. Eight bucks. You uh, can't get a sandwich for eight bucks in New York. And it's sandwich. a filling sandwich. It's a filling sandwich. And it's just filling enough that it satisfies basically everybody that has it. And the occasional guy that's like, I could eat a little more. Then you get two sandwiches for 16 bucks. And you're like, and you still don't feel like, you know, I I think you probably get through one and a half of them. I think getting through a whole two is probably too much. But my point is, is it allows for versatility and it allows for you to get something that you enjoy that you find filling and delicious for $8, which is what it should be. Sandwiches, part of this, there's a lot of things that motivated the, the sort of mission statement of what we're doing. And some of it was just the annoyance of going to places that were always fancying everything up for no reason and putting stupid reductions or, or salad mixtures or whatever it was on the sandwiches that didn't need it. Um, or, or, or aioli spreads that didn't belong on there, whatever it was. Part of it was not being able to find an affordable old school neighborhood sandwich that was quality. You can walk into any bodega and get a boar's head sandwich for, for eight bucks or nine bucks. And I'm not saying it will taste bad, but we wanted to do something greater than that. Uh, and that was more signature and more original than that, that felt like something unique, but also kind of played to, to a similar audience. And that's what I grew up with. And that's what we're doing. And for and, eight and bucks, for eight, bucks. eight and sandwiches, if doing, eight bucks. If we're doing the commercial, this is the moment when we go and wait, but that's not all. Mm-hmm. There's also a bar. a bar. There's a, a full, full bar. fucking bar. So yeah. when you get your peanut, isn't there a peanut butter and jelly one you do too, or something? Yeah, peanut. It's a triple decker peanut butter and jelly with uh, ruffled, ruffled, not ruffles brand, but a ruffled potato chips on it. Oh, and you get that, and you get a nice cocktail. Maybe. Oh man, I'm. I'm yeah. I gotta come back. I gotta come back to New York now, just to go. And to- the bar, by the way, the bar. And by the way, we're gonna we're expanding the menu we're going to have special sandwiches in rotation that might be a little more than eight dollars but the point is is it's all in this wheelhouse of affordable delicious quality that's it we wanted to give the people something that was an amazing quality and the price of subway wow to make people go why would i ever go to subway why would I ever go to Subway? I can go to this place instead. The hours are better here. They have a bar and the food's better. Speaking period. of Subway, is that the restraining order? Has that been lifted you? The, the thing you've had? Because I look like Jared. Yeah. You I do kind of look just, a little bit like him. I'm I know. Just, I'm just I know. Saying, we'll we'll do something with that. We'll get rid of that. Um, yeah. No, we'll do something with that. Joey but the, the, Roses. Joey Roses. 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 Like, Joey Roses. Like Guns and Roses, but Joey Roses. Yes. And the last thing I'll say, yes, Dan, this is the last thing you'll say. I don't know if you realize that, but yeah. 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 Our sign says social club on it and it says social club on it for a reason. It's a place where we want people to feel at home. We want people to hang out. We want people to hang out for a long time. We want your dollar to go a long way in our bar. So our bar is also based in the same mentality, old school, affordable quality. This is not a craft cocktail bar. You come in, you get the classic drinks. Our top shelf is like Maker's Mark. All right. This Can is you not name a-, a drink after me? We've known each other long enough. Why can't I have my own drink? You could. 
You like how I just immediately defaulted to you or said no, even though you didn't say no? But all the all the classic drinks already have names. Well, we can come up with a very I'll think <laughs> of a variation on a drink. But what, right. if, what if I create a drink? It's not too hard to make. Yeah. And all I none ask that muddled, is none that, that glorify, muddled bullshit. Yeah. I glorify myself yeah. by putting my name on it. Joey Roses is opening in the east, lower east side of New York City Friday, this Friday. Black Friday, but it's going to be a fucking gold Friday down there, baby. Gold right. Friday, and Joe's going to be there. And if you go in and you yep. tell him that you heard about it on this show, you're going to get absolutely nothing for that other than. But the spe- we're going to have we're going to have great specials on Friday, celebrating Black Friday, celebrating our opening. Come on in, folks. Seriously, let's go. Let's do this. I wish I could be there, Joe DeRosa. It's always a, a joy. And a and, and enlightening when I see you. I always I feel like I always walk away from every interaction that I've had with you. I feel like I've learned something. I wish I could say the same, Dan, about you. But you know, <laughs> nah, I love you, man. It's always great talking to you and seeing you. Yes, and and everybody, be sure and check it out. And uh, we're back right back with Shannon Sharp, football player. This episode is brought to you by Batiste Rum, a true original. The only American-aged rum made from single-origin, 100% fresh cane juice. They make it in a way that generates zero durable waste and is carbon-negative from ground glass. First rum in the world to do it this way. And with the holidays upon us, I am all about Batiste Rum Reserve. It's exceptionally clean-tasting, rich, and flavorful. It's a must-have for any serious spirits enthusiast and makes for a fantastic gift for anyone who loves discovering great new hooch. And right now, through the holidays, Batiste is offering my listeners 20% off their reserve rum to get this deal go to batisterum.com that's b-a-t-i-s-t-e-r-h-u-m.com order and enter code reserve at checkout for 20 percent off batiste reserve rum stay warm and sustainable this holiday season put on your favorite holiday album pour a finger or two or three of batiste rum reserve and bring on the jolly It's that time of year again, New Year's. It's that time of year where we make those resolutions about dropping weight, answering our mom's calls, staying in touch with friends. It always feels like the perfect time to refocus on what we want in life, but it's easy to get stuck looking back on all of the resolutions we didn't keep last year. This year, there's one resolution I am definitely keeping, and that's making my mental health a priority. Make it part of your daily routine with Talkspace. Talkspace personally matches you with a licensed therapist you could connect with right from your phone or computer. I've been in therapy for years, but it's always been so challenging to find the right person. I've bounced around to different therapists and it's always, does this one take my insurance? Is this one close to my house? With Talkspace, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. Listen, everyone could use someone to talk to. I personally deal with some anxiety and my problem at night is those racing thoughts that I can't turn off. I'm up all hours of the night thinking about everything that everyone ever said to me and how am I going to get through this? My therapist at Talkspace taught me some really awesome breathing techniques that help me calm my mind, calm my body, and give me a more restful sleep. 
Connecting with a licensed therapist on Talkspace can help you feel better. And it's secure. No one's going to hear what you say. And that's the best part. Let all that talk fly. Unlike traditional therapy, Talkspace fits your schedule, not the other way around. Talkspace treats your privacy and security as their top priority. You get access to private virtual room with just you and your therapist. You can send your therapist messages 24-7 and get replies throughout the day. No need to wait for that weekly appointment. You owe it to yourself to make mental health a priority this year. And Talkspace makes it easy to keep. Visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code STARBURNS at sign up. That's S-T-A-R-B-U-R-N-S. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code STARBURNS. Joining me now, two gentlemen who have just launched a cognac brand. It's exciting. We haven't featured cognac on this show as much as I'd like to, but it's it's that time of year, isn't it? It's like cognac time. Put on a jacket and kind of bundle up, get cognac. One of these fine men is the founder of the Craft Irish Whiskey Company. The other, an NFL Hall of Famer and one of the most prominent sports broadcasters in these United States. Please welcome Jay Bradley and Shannon Sharp. Gentlemen, good to see you. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you very much for having us. I uh, thank you for having me the other night. That you guys threw a great party at Hollywood Park uh, to launch to launch the brand and uh, La Portier, and we're gonna we're gonna get into that cognac, all about that in just a minute. Uh, over at Hollywood Park is right by SoFi Stadium, the brand new luxury palace here in Los Angeles. And Shannon, I just wanted to ask you right off the bat, when you're there at a place like SoFi or Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, the brand new one there, and or Jerry World, you played the majority of your career for the Denver Broncos at the mm-hmm. old Mile High Stadium. When you see these new places, you look at these guys and go, boy, they got it made. When you look at the <laughs> locker room, I mean, these locker rooms look like, you know, Jay's at the, the peninsula right now. The locker room looks like that. Yeah, it's unbelievable what they've done. Um, even the training facilities now are so much greater than what we had. They have, you know, hydro tubs and, and hyperbaric chambers and, and 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 they do this cold therapy. They, you know, they just have everything. I mean, they make sure the athlete, if the athlete does not perform at his best, it's not the team's fault. Because now everybody, you get breakfast, lunch and dinner. They have full time shifts. They have the best medical staff that money can buy. Um, and they give you an opportunity that all you have to do is just focus on football. So they've done a great job. And they've also made the viewing experience for the person at home, um, um, for the person in the stadium. You got some of the best top chefs that's preparing the food. You get an opportunity. There's not a bad seat in the house. They have these big 100, you know, 50-yard long jumbotrons. They have entertainment uh, at every time out. It is just a, it, they, they've made it into an experience now. It is, they've done a great job of that. And um, – and uh, but it, but it's fun. Uh, I got an opportunity to go to SoFi the other night, see them. Um, they end up losing to the uh, Titans. But having been there, knowing that the Super Bowl is going to be there, there's not a bad seat in the house. Uh, the jumbotron is unbelievable. Uh, the, the food is, is really good. It really so is. It really is incredible. It's going to be a great experience. Yeah, I went opening night uh, for the Rams at SoFi, and you mentioned the food. Boy, there was a moment when I thought to myself, we have come a long way. I was in a suite there. I got fortunate enough to go to the suite. And 
you know, the food was like John and Vinny, who are two of the big chefs here in, in Los Angeles. And there was all kinds of stuff. And I grew up in Philadelphia going to Veterans Stadium, which uh-huh. I'm sure, Shannon, uh, yeah, I'm it, it's there. at the bottom of the barrel in terms – I got to yeah, figure I, that – that, that. Was that the worst place you played or got to be close? Well, it, it was pretty bad. The field was pretty bad. Uh, the locker room was really small. I played in the uh, played in, uh, Cleveland Stadium. Um, I played there. I played in the uh, old Astrodome. That wasn't a, uh, that wasn't a palace either. Uh, but, but, but with technology now – and all the money that they're investing, you know, SoFi was three and a half, four billion dollars to build. Jerry World way back when was all, almost one point three billion dollars. So now where stadiums used to cost 50 and 70 million, 100 million dollars, maybe you're talking about billions on top of billions on top of billions. But it just goes to show you they want the fan to come back. So they try to make the experience, the viewing experience, the entertainment as great as possible. They make the food. There's no more just getting hot dogs and, and popcorn. Oh, no. That's not what it's about. <laughs> no, no. You go to these places, you can get the best of the best. You can get shrimp. You can get lobster. You can get crab claws. You can get it all. So they want to make sure you enjoy it. And they also want to make sure you empty your pockets while you're there, too. So. That that happens as well. So as I said, we were at, the party was right next door at Hollywood Park Casino, which you, where the racetrack used to be there, the old racetrack. So they launch you're launching the brand uh la portier and we're going to talk in a second about the name of that Sh- uh, jay got up gave a little uh speech and then introduced shannon and shannon when you got up you were talking about the brand and particularly the name of the brand and i think you got a little bit choked up talking about about it and so tell us about that i do because the the name the person that this represent is probably the most important. There's no probably. She's the most important person in my life. Uh, where here, I, why I'm here, how I'm here, what I was able to do in my life thus far is a direct reflection of her. I tell people this all the time. My grandmother t- raised her nine kids, then took my mom's three, raised them as if they were her own. And I believe she loved us more, her grandkids, than she did her own kids. She did more for us than she did her own kids. And so for me, from the very uh, at a very young age, my brother and I, the only thing that we thought about was getting my grandmother out of that environment. Um, growing up in a thousand square foot cinder block home with cement floors. This is in Georgia. Roof. This is in rural this is in, this rural is in Georgia, rural, right? Yeah. Okay. Rural South Georgia. Yeah. No indoor plumbing, no running water. Um, knowing that I do not want to, you know, we were surviving, but surviving isn't living. Yeah. I knew there was more to life than this. I didn't want to continue the cycle. That's how my, my great grandparents grew up. That's how my grand grandparents grew up. That's how my mom grew up. Uh, so I didn't want that for my kids. My brother and I, we were determined to break that cycle. And um, my grandmother, you know, she allowed us to be us, but she instilled discipline. She was very hardworking. That's why, you know, football is the easiest job that I've ever had because Growing up in rural South Georgia, working on a farm for 12 hours a day for six dollars a day is a lot harder than work making millions doing something that you love. Because there's not one day I did that job that I love. I didn't love cropping tobacco. I didn't love picking up pecans or clipping onions or loading watermelons or baling hay. I didn't love any of that. But someone was going to pay me millions of dollars to do something that I actually love and something that I was actually good at. And so for me, my grandmother, and so every, every, every 
day that I woke up. I thank God for allowing me to see another day. And I thank him for having her as my grandmother, putting her in my life. And so when Jay and I got together and I was like, I agreed when he says, okay, you know, you know, what would you want to call it? And I was like, my grandmother's last name is Porter. Uh, how do we get, how do we get that? He said, that's easy. He says, uh, uh, French Porter is Le Portier. Well, I was like, okay, okay. Now, now we're talking because I want something to stand the test of time. I want people to know that this, what this means to me and the, and the process that, that I've gone through and that Jay and I went through trying to get this thing to market after two and a half years being pushed back by the pandemic. But we were, un, we weren't unlike anyone else that were impacted by the pandemic, some more than others. And so being able to push this back only a, a, you know, a year or two is, is a small consolation when so many people lost jobs, lost their lives. And so I don't want, you know, I'm not a sure, to, absolutely. Like we reinvented the wheel, but there was a lot of painstaking, a lot of effort to bring this thing to fruition. And uh, I just thank Jay for being there because I, he, he was the sounding board. He was the, he was the, we can do this. It's just going to take a little bit more time. Let's just be patient. And, um, and I think the thing that, that really helped is that I'm invested. Yes, it's my, it's, it's my grandmother's name that's on that bottle. It's my capital that came out of my pocket that I've worked hard to accumulate. That, so I'm invested. I'm not an endorser. You're not just putting your face on this. You're not the no, guy. You're, 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 this you're is in. not just my face on this. Yes, Jay and I, we did so many Zoom calls over the year, you know, looking at bottles, looking at packaging. You know, he would go and, and, and get the content and, and, okay, send it out and we have to taste. And I was like, okay, this and this, okay, I, I kind of like this. Let's can we go back? And so, but let and, me ask, and, let me ask you this. Just stop your second, Jay. When 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 you're starting that process, do you, Shannon? Do you have an idea generally what sort? Of, I mean, it's cognac, so you you can't you know you, there there is obviously a lot of variation, but there's a general flavor profile. Do right. you go to Jay? Do you go to Shannon up front and say, okay, what kind of cognac do you like? Be, or do you did you just put okay. a bunch of stuff in front of him? There was a lot of process um, because like Shannon was saying, when we decided to do this, you know, there's been a lot of celebrity brands that have come out for different products. And the most important thing to me getting into this with Shannon was that we were both fully vested in it from Shannon said the workload being there every step of the way, his own capital. And then when it came to the taste, it had to be something shannon is a cognac drinker um obviously he's an athlete as well so he doesn't drink you know seven nights a week but when he does he, he likes a fine cognac right by the way he looks so, like he could still play at that party and i was i said <laughs> you you look like you could still play man i mean i was there going damn like you know a lot of these yeah. guys get out of the nfl and they're like i'm gonna start fucking eating now you know and you're not you right <laughs> no I, I still i still work out i still watch what i eat um i still take care of myself but you have to understand i'm on television 240 days a year so i still got to make sure i fit in my clothes so you're not drinking every night so you but when oh. you do drink you want to enjoy it so go ahead jay yeah, he wants the best. And so when we started looking into this, what its favorite ones were, obviously you can only get so phenomenal with a VSOP and then your XO and your XXOs. The longer something is in barrel and, and pulling it at the right time, you can really step things up. So th there's a lot that we did. What you have to understand is cognac, much like whiskey or any other dark spirit that's that's living in a barrel, is living and breathing, right? There's ethyl acetate and there's all these other congeners and flavor compounds. And you, if you time it right and get it out of the barrel at the right stage, as opposed to just waiting for like an age statement or waiting for a period of time, 
you can get something world class. So when I spoke to Shannon, I was like, well, what is it you want? And the, all the cognacs who's telling me that he loves were, weren't VSOPs. They were XOs and XXOs and ridiculously expensive. So everybody understands what we're talking about here. There are there are various classifications of cognacs. A VS is very special. That's going to spend at least two years in the barrel. VSOP is uh, very special old pale. That's got to be four years. And XO, it used to be different, but now it's in, starting in 2018. It's 10 years, right? For the XO, extra old. Yeah. Okay. And XXO is 14 years and above. So trying to get something that tasted as good as an XO that's like 10 years old, but we had we wanted to do a VSOP as well because we wanted to make something that's accessible for everyone. We are doing an XO and an XXO coming out after this. Um, so when Shannon was telling me all the things he loved, the smoothness, um, likes a bit of spice, but not like an overpowering ethanol burn where it's just going to deter a lot of people. Um, he loved, you know, the butterscotch notes and there's a lot of things. So what I would do is I go down through the barrels in Cognac, tasting all through different warehouses, pulling samples of what I thought was phenomenal at the right times, shipped them to LA to Shannon. We'd get on a zoom and then we'd sit there and do tastings and see where we were at and what he liked and what he didn't. So it was, it was a process. When I first tried it, my, that was the thing that struck me was it's a very drinkable cognac. And I was looking around the room and you had a, a great mixture of people there and everybody was drinking it and everybody seemed happy. I, to me, VSOP, you were talking about accessibility and we're talking about price, a lot of that. So this thing's in around the $89, $90 range, right? 80, 84 for Shannon's room. I got to say, it uh, at that price point, it is it's phenomenal liquid. I mean, really, really good stuff. And I was with uh, my friend Brad Jaffe. Listeners on this show know Brad's on here all the time. Brad's no bullshit. Uh, we don't bullshit. If we don't like something, we'll say it. And both of us are like, wow, this is really, really good stuff. And and Jay, you've got a track record. I mean, you've been doing this a long time, and and uh, you, you you knocked it out of the park, man. Or wait, let yeah. me let me. Put it through the uprights. Sorry, I don't want to mix my <laughs> metaphors here. Which <laughs> put it through the uprights. Yeah, look, I mean, we we really worked hard on getting this right because when our XO comes out, we want that to be better than any XO in the market. When we put our VSOP out, which is out now, it had to be the best and it had to be resemblance of nearly something as good, if not better than an XO, let alone a VSOP. So it was a challenging thing to do because Shannon is a perfectionist, much like myself. So it wasn't easy, but I believe what we've turned out is by far the best VSOP I've ever had. Um, it's something you, it's it's such a sippable cognac, nothing you'd want to really dilute down with anything. Uh, maybe one or two drops of water to open up the uh, the micelles and the flavor compounds, but yeah, I mean Shannon from from yourself as well. I mean maybe you can talk on that from from what you were really wanting out of this. Yeah, I wanted something that that was that was pleasing to the nose, but didn't burn the nose. I wanted something that was pleasing to the palate that didn't burn. You know, when I was growing up, if it didn't burn growing going down, it wasn't any good. You know, like ooh ooh, boy, that's no 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 no. But as you as you get rot gut, we used to call right, it yeah. right. But as you get older, you realize that's not what how it's supposed to be. And what Jay and I was go- going for, if you look at the way, you know, Jay always in his turtlenecks and always dressed elegant. Normally, you <laughs> you caught me today when I'm, I'm lounging around the house. But we, 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 we were going for, you know, we tried to make it affordable, but we wanted a, a clientele that, that appreciated some of the finer things. Like you, you, you were naming like you know VSOP, a BS and BSOP and XO and XXO, and you going up in the ladder. It's kind of like Mercedes Benz. I mean, you got entry level, and then you got you got an E class, and then you got A class, S class, and then you got a Maybach. And so, what we tried to do is that we tried to get on our entry level, but we wanted you to feel like you're probably probably driving an S class. 
Yeah, sure. And so that's what we that's what we try to do. Now, the trick is that we've done this with an entry level. When we go to the XO and the XXO, we got to be like a private jet. We're we're no we're no longer riding on the highway. We're hovering above it. We're eighty. We're fifty thousand feet above above the ground. And so we we I think Jay and I have done a great job. As we were looking around, what pleased me were the women, the amount of women that I saw drinking it, and like I said, wow. Really? Wow. And they were really, I mean, everybody at that party, and there were yes. probably more women than men. Thank you, by the way, for that. Yes. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was <laughs> It was pretty amazing to watch. And again, it just, it was so smooth. I, I It went down so smoothly, and I, I really enjoyed it. Now, the qu- the question is, did you guys not get the memo that you're supposed to start a tequila brand if you're famous? Like, that's <laughs> that's kind of, I thought that was a rule now. It's good. Pretty much every week I get an email saying, hey, uh the the backup singer for New Kids on the Block just launched a tequila, you know. But it was cognac. Just was that always what it was going to be, Shannon? Yeah, I, I think on brand with me because I, at the end of the day, it has to be you know it needs to be brand specific to something that that I can relate to and something that people that follow me can relate me to. Um, and so I and Jay, we sat down. We like, okay, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I'm like. Nah. Nah, and he said, well, what about Kanye? I was like, okay. And, he, and he, once he started explaining it to me, it made sense. It made sense to me. And I think it makes a lot of sense to the people that follow me. And when, like I said, when we get this to market, and, and right now we're, we're online and we're in 33 states um, and we got a ways to go. But when we get this to market, I got I got I got uh, I feel very confident this will be the best VOP on the market. Yeah, I agree with Shannon. From a VSOP standpoint, there's nothing like it. And when you were talking, when Shannon was talking before about how he you know, wanted it to be smooth and, and not overburning uh, from the nose and the palate perspective, it's easy to do that and dull down a flavor like with you know diluting with water, but to keep complexity in it, that was the tricky part because real true cognac connoisseurs they want complexity. That's why they tend to go for XOs and XXOs because of the complexity that the barrel gives over time. So getting something like that at the VSOP standpoint, like price point, it was extremely challenging. But we've done it and we've knocked it out of the park. As you said, you tried it. A lot of women were there. They were loving it. That wouldn't normally drink cognac, which is great to open it up to that market. The men who normally love those cognacs, like Brad Jaffe, um, he's a big fan of his his, uh, really well-aged XOs. And he doesn't tend to drink a VSOP ever, and he loved it. Um, so yeah, I was I was very proud of the night. Yeah, I alluded to it at the at the top of the interview when I was saying it's the, it feels like the right time of year to be drinking it as well. What I love, and I've been over there a few times to cognac, a number of times to cognac, is so much history. You know, you go into those old cognac houses and you go in the basement, and they got stuff down there that's been sitting for. 150 years you know this is it's no joke over there i mean it's very rustic it's just it it and it's in the glass you just taste it i don't know how that happens you know i mean it only how this one was aged was it was it four years on this or was it a little bit longer no this, this is a little bit older than that we're between you know so, some in the blend is like five and a half six and some's up to eight um so yeah the four is just Four years just doesn't give enough to get the right flavor compounds from the barrel in, in the terroir or the environment that we get down in Cognac. Um, so, yes, yeah, so you do really need that bit of extra time in the barrel, especially when you're using French oak. 
And so everybody understands how um, cognac is made. It's actually made from grapes. The, the grape is called a uni, uni blanc grape. Uh, it's, blanc. I guess you could say it's similar to uh, like Trebbiano in Italy, yeah, similar to that Trebbiano. grape. That's, that's the grape that they use. It's made in a region called, my French is so good, the Charente and Charente Maritime uh, is the area there in Cognac. And there's a lot of, a lot of rules about how it has to be made. It's, it's got to be distilled twice in copper pots. So there's not, you don't get to screw around either, right? It, in order for it to be called Cognac, you have to follow a very rigid set of guidelines. Absolutely. Yeah. Charente stills copper. Yeah. The two years, I'm uh, sorry, the, the double distillation. There's, there's so many rules the, the French oak that needs to be used initially. Like there's some things you can do after its initial maturation, but it's uh, extremely strict and like it's like that all across France from the you know Bordeaux to you know Champagne and all these different regions so um that's a challenge and it's a good challenge because you have to follow a set of rules and then still produce a phenomenal product that's what really interests me about cognac is actually those rules and the packaging on this thing good looking bottle let's talk a little bit about that who did you guys design Shannon I'm going to roll yeah that was that was the thing because, like I said, Jay and I both we uh, we, we considered ourselves elegant men. We wanted something that was pleasing to the eye. Obviously, the content is going to be the most important most important thing. But presentation is big, and you know, so we're looking at bottles, and I'm like, okay, but is that really us? I mean, yeah, I like this. I like this bottle, but is that really us? And it, it, what it forced me to do is that I ended up going in stores, and I'm looking at the packaging. And understanding what we're trying to do and trying to get the packaging just right, I see stuff that's already on the shelves, shelves, and I'm thinking to myself, someone spent an awful lot of time trying to get the packaging just right. So we probably looked at uh, seven, eight different bottles before we settled on this one. Obviously, the packaging is important because the bartender is going to have to pour it, so it needs to be easily to handle the long neck. It's, it looks elegant. The cork. It's got that black, that black uh, closure on it, which I thought is really good looking. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have the, uh, the 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 logo. We have the L. Uh, Jay will talk about this, but we we have it situated where you're going to be able to spell out Le Portier if you get all the, get all the bottles. Um, and then the, the box. Uh, we went through a lot of different boxes because lacquer. I really like lacquer. I love the way lacquer looks. But as Jay and I was talking about, I was like, Jay, I got a coffee table, but as soon as I touch it, I got a thumbprint there for, for the next six months until unless the unless the uh, my cleaning people come and get that up off there. It's like uh that might be a too much. And then we tried a mat, but it was it, it wasn't quite right. So we did a, a combination between the two and it was perfect. And that's that's you know, and that's what we went that's what we wanted. We wanted great packaging, but we wanted the content that was in the packaging to be equally as impressive. And I think we've done a great job with that. Yeah, I think with the packaging, it was um, like seven different variations of the bottle. So my in-house design team, Tiago Russo, who designed, you know, is the probably the number one designer in the world for spirits packaging. And he's in-house for us. And he's he came through with all these different designs and Shannon went through them. And then we finally settled on the current design. But we've gone so and elevated so much above because as Shannon said earlier in the podcast, we were talking about this new stadium in L.A. and it's all about an experience now. And for us, it's like the liquid in the bottle has to be perfect. Right. It's the same with my whiskeys. It's the same with anything that I do. If that's not perfect, then nothing else can be. But then you have to take it a level above that and get the whole experience right. So we designed our own glassware. We designed our own pipettes because 
you know, the glass, if you've got 80% of your flavor coming from your nose and you're putting your nose into a glass that's just really forcing ethanol up into it, it's blocking like that, that kind of burn that's coming, the alcohol content is blocking your nose from being able to really explore. So we designed this glass here and I don't know if this people can see that on the podcast. Yeah, it looks like a Glen, it's a Glen Cairn glass, but like a wider, wider mouth, mm-hmm. right? Kind of, not really, not really, it's, it's. It's a bit different than the Glencairn. Number one, we don't use borosilica or unleaded crystal like the Glencairns do. We use soda lime, uh, which is got a molecular structure that allows ethanol to be uh, absorbed into the glass. We're much more round and bulbish at the end. If you look down the barrel of the glass, we have a vortex point in there. So when alcohol is poured in and gravity pulls it down, it creates a kind of a little whirlwind vortex that spins those ethanol molecules to the side. And what we've done is we've designed this unique chicane on the glass that actually slows down the flow of ethanol coming up and then a divergent rim at the top that then dissipates the rest over the side. So when you actually nose from this glass, there's zero ethanol. You can compare it to any other glass on the market, a Glencairn or, or any of the, the, the standard cognac or, or tumblers that people are using. And I promise you when you try this versus that, what it does is it gets rid of that ethanol and just allows you to get the deep flavors that you really want from that cognac. So the vanillas and the butterscotches, and like with our one on the back palette, you're getting these beautiful roasted marshmallows, s'more uh, flavor compounds. So when you smell, you're getting all of that, and it makes the experience just so much better. So we have these glasses that we sell with it, along with these pipettes uh, that we've designed, which is it allows us to grab a couple of drops of water and pop it in because with cognac, if you want it cold and you add a few cubes of ice, the water dilutes, and it can add too much water, bring down the the alcohol content, and really make it unpleasant. So it's a bit of a dangerous game putting ice in, so you can put in like whiskey stones or, or cognac stones, for want of a better term. And But a couple of drops of water with this really just opens up those micelles and breaks them open. And for us, that's a, that's a real scientific thing that happens within a glass of cognac, like decanting a fine wine. A couple of drops of water breaks open micelles, releases flavor compounds, and elevates the experience. And that's what it's all about nowadays is giving a better experience from Shannon's a perfectionist. I'm a perfectionist and we have to elevate everything that we do. I appreciate it. I, I took a couple of glasses home with me the other night um, and I can relate to them. I'm also round and bulbous as I get older. And uh, Shannon, I got to get on your workout program, man. What do I got to do here? What, what do I got to do? Like something. Uh, it's mainly this diet though. I'm bodies are made in the kitchen, not the gym. Uh, gym is the fine tuning. But, you know, obviously everybody knows that it's made away from the gym. And so, you know, I watch what I eat. You know, I eat I eat fairly healthy. Uh, I eat a lot healthy, more healthy than uh, I don't eat as healthy, obviously, like when I played. But, I'm you know, I maintain I'm mainly chicken, turkey, um, broccoli, carrots, um, a lot of green, a lot of leafy vegetables. Uh, I eat eat yams, rice. um, But I'm I'm a stickler. You know, I'll step outside of the box here and there. But for the most part, I stay, with, like I said, because I'm on television, I still, everything that I wear, uh, unless it's leisure, is custom. So I have to fit that. So I can't, it's not like I can let my weight go up and that's down. That's right, yeah. I'm going to change the fit uh, uh, of the suit. And so um, that's 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 mainly why I uh, stay in shape. But also, like I said, it's, and when Jay and I was, was talking about this, like I said, we're, we're, we're like a sophisticated man, an elegant man. And uh, we wanted this to be a, we wanted this to be a sophisticated and elegant drink. We wanted it to be an experience. Um, that's why we designed the glass so you can get the full experience. It's kind of like um, watching a, a movie in 3D. I mean, you can see it, um, and you don't. But if you want the full experience, you need the glasses. 
Sure. If you really want the full experience, you go to the theater that also has the rocking chairs. So you feel the movement as everything is happening. So that's what we try to do. We try to I give have you the 3D the- glasses, by the way, but I don't uh-huh. use them. Well, I, watch, I watch certain movies with them. Uh, we'll get into that later off the yeah. air. I'm on the, uh, I'm on the Adam Carolla show, and I'm kind of famous because at one time I made the mistake of talking about VR porn. On the, and now I am the VR porn guy on these guys. And I'm like, I don't even, it's too much of a production anyway. Like I, I, when I first got him, it was, this is too much information, but it was during a quarantine and a friend of mine recommended them and I'd never seen it before. And then I was like, Jesus Christ, this is interesting. Uh, but then anyway, I've never watched a real movie on my VR goggles. You're saying that's what I should do. No, I'm saying that what you want to do and you want the really. By the way, once life. you make the turn towards porn, the interview's almost over. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I, I, I think Jay and I, I think Jay and I, we, we we got it right with this one. You guys like have said, nailed it. You really have. And literal level cognac to have this kind of flavor, this kind of experience. Yeah, and the the street date on this, it's out now. Yeah, so it's it's we've released twenty five thousand bottles initially, and um, that are all collectible in that collectible wooden box. That won't be when we go mainstream and release this across the country. You won't get the collectible numbered box. That's a numbered. Uh, the bottles are numbered one to twenty five thousand. Um, so they're the first that we'll come out with, and then we'll follow out with potentially, potentially we might do one more as a second drop of a special limited release with our XO and our XXO, and then we'll release this all across the country and then globally, internationally into Asia. Um, but yeah, first it's just right now you can only get it online. So reserve bars who we use online and, uh, you can go to our website, the Cognac, uh, sorry, the Portier com, And, uh, and that's P O R T I E R. Everybody out there that's listening, L E P O R named after yep. Shannon's, uh, grandmother. And yep. it is a fantastic, uh, spirit. I really, I really enjoyed it the other night and, it's something that I look forward to. There it is. Look at that. You got you got the nicest cards in the back. I got it right here. Look at that. Are you going? I got you too, man. I'm, I carry this thing around with me in case I want people to think I'm classy. I'm like, here you go. It's not me, but yeah, I got it. Where do you get these? He's got he's like leather business cards. Leather business cards. Yeah, well, a lot of people use metal, and they've used a lot of different styles that are out there. And we just thought, well, look, why not? Uh, why not go leather? Uh, something different. It's not been done that I've seen anyway. Before I let you go, guys, I got Shannon. I got to ask you, who's winning the Super Bowl? This year, man, I don't know if we've had a, a more wide open NFL than what we have it this year. I mean, um, everybody's had some really debilitating losses. We see Buffalo lose to Jacksonville. We see the Bucks lose to the Washington football team. We saw the Cowboys lose to uh, uh, the Denver Broncos. We see the uh, Denver Broncos lose to my Philadelphia Eagles. I was giving you crap Eagles. about that. The but other I don't night. think anybody thinks the Eagles are going anywhere, no, so including me. <laughs> Uh, and, and so for me, I, I mean, I picked earlier this year, I picked Kansas City and, and the Bucks, but uh, I feel less confident about those picks than I have at any point in time because I think both teams have some serious issues on the defensive side of the football. And uh, if they don't get those, those things corrected, it can be a problem for them down the stretch. I think the Bucks do a better job of protecting their quarterback, Brady, than what Kansas City does of protecting Mahomes. And at the end of the day, if you can't protect your quarterback, you can't win in this league. Okay. So we're going to go non-committal. Jay, do you have a, a favorite for the Super Bowl this year? Are you rugby, Premier League? What do you have, soccer? What are you, football? No, Other football? Uh, me, MMA is what I watch religiously. I don't, I don't think I've missed an event for 10 years. So 
I'm an MMA fan. I used to play soccer and I played rugby and I used to watch NFL and uh, basketball quite a lot. But I haven't really, you don't get a lot of the US sports like on a regular basis like you do here when you're living overseas in London. Um, but yeah, when I'm here, I get to watch it and I do enjoy it. Like I love watching it, but I just don't have a, a, a deep knowledge. Like, of course, I love Brady. I used to be a Patriots fan. And then he went to the books and I love what he did down there. But, at, at, you know, in Tampa Bay to, to win it again. Um, so it'd be cool to see that happen. Uh, just to say, you know, just because of the fact that it, the, the whole stigma around it was him and Belichick together that was able to do it. Then he went to Tampa and he did it on his own. But then it could be a fluke, you know, could he do it again? And then at that point, he's like the goat of all goats as a quarterback, right? So, well, there we go. You, you got it. You heard it here. We have no idea who's winning the Super Bowl. Jay Bradley and Shannon Sharp. Laportier is the cognac. It is available now, and there's more coming. And I, guys, I wish you nothing but the the best with this. I think I think it's going to be a big hit, and uh, I'm I'm happy to have uh, been there in the beginning and tried it right right up front. I'm uh, I'll be telling people about this years from now. It first came out, but, and thank you for doing the show with me, and uh, and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Joe DeRosa, and I'm sober for once, which is ironic, because I'm here on the What Are We Drinking Today podcast with my buddy Dan Dunn. And finally, I should leave you with a funny. An American, a Frenchman, and a Russian are stranded on a desert island. They build a shelter, and they catch fish for food. One day, they catch a magical golden fish who cries, If you spare my life, I'll give you each two wishes. Amazing, says the American. I wish for a million dollars and to be back home. Poof, he's gone. Sacre bleu, shouts the Frenchman. I wish for a million euro and to be back home. Poof, he vanishes. The Russian is amazed. Would you look at that, he says. And just when we were getting along so well. Tell you what, just give me three cases of vodka and bring my friends back. <laughs> 